Hey, and welcome back to Astrology and You. If you're new here, I'm Maxine. And I'm Alice. And today we're talking all about the astrology of moving. So checking transits to see when that might happen for you. Basically kind of like timing your move or your next move. Yeah, and showing you times that might be more supportive of moves, like, or when it might be a little more stressful for you, and bigger moves, smaller moves, all the things. (laughs) Yeah, and we decided to talk about this topic because we're getting a lot of questions about it, and I posted it on Instagram stories when I was in California the other week um, about how I was, like, obsessively checking my chart to see when I would move there, and I got a lot of, like, people being like, wait, how do I do this? I didn't know astrology could tell this, but yes, um another reason why I love astrology. You can figure out when major life events like this will happen for you. Yeah. I mean, you can figure out when down to like the month that would be the best time to move is kind of wild. And what I love about it is too, like I just had someone who I gave a reading to and I was like, no, you're moving and, um, or you're selling your house and you're going to move in within like a month. And it happened and she was so surprised, but I was like, it's like just astrology can be so, um, yeah, just it's so accurate. <laughs> it's wild. Like even when you don't think you'll move or when things you don't know if you'll get that house or whatever. I can't tell you how many people I've done readings for and I've told them that, yeah, they're probably going to move that year. And they come back to me like nine months, a year later. And they're like, I really did not think I was moving. Like I just completely ignored that part of the reading. But my landlord did this so I couldn't stay or I met my significant other and we moved in together. So you never really know what life will throw you to make this astrology actually come true. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. So, um, yeah. And then also, too, I was thinking if you want to know, like, where best to move, we actually did a podcast a while back on astrocartography. So, like, astrology can literally tell you everything. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. And Maxine, we both have moving transits coming up and some of the stuff we'll talk about throughout this episode, like we both have that in our charts about to go on throughout this year and next. And I know I am like dying to move. Like I've been in New York (laughs) for almost six years now. I feel like it's ready. I'm ready for a new city. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And when, when those transits do come up, it's so hard to fight it and it's hard to even stay in a place that you don't want to be. It almost feels painful. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's like if we rewound a year, like moving was not really on my mind, but as the transits have come up, it's like now I'm, I'm not like actively looking at astrology being like, oh, because it says this, I want to move. It's more like my intuition keeps telling me like it's time to leave. It's time to go somewhere else. And the astrology reflects that. Yeah. That's such a good point to bring up because sometimes you, I mean, astrology doesn't happen to you. It doesn't like force you to move. It just reflects what's already kind of at work within you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also too, yeah, we went to California. We spoke about that a while back, but Alice the whole time was like, I need to move here. I know. I'm like kind of mad that it might not happen till 2023, but it's okay. Like these Scorpio, (laughs) these Scorpio eclipses are going to pull through. Yeah, exactly. Um, And actually, it's so wild because, Alice, you predicted when I moved. So I was living in New York for like five years. And then Nick and I moved out to Colorado, where I am currently. 
um, around this time last year. And that was super sudden. We'll get into the transits of why. But then Alice, you were like, oh, you're going to move again in a year. And I was like, I know I, I kind of see that. on my chart, But like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you were like, no, like I just moved. Maybe I'll move apartments. But like we found this great apartment. I was like, no, it's like clearly in your chart. And now you're moving again in a couple months. I was in denial. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, no, I don't want to move again, but it's, it's happening. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So for everyone else to figure out when this might happen for them, let's get into this episode. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited. So I, how we want to structure it is first, we just wanted to kind of talk about transits to your birth chart, and then we'll get into specific what the transiting planets or things would be. Yeah, so just in general, transits to watch out for, like what parts of the chart are being activated when a move is taking place, um, is often the midheaven and the IC axis of your chart. So even if that is not located in the 10th or 4th house in the whole sign, like even if you have an 11th house MC and a 5th house IC, like transits to those angles of the chart are so key with having moving often. Moving often takes place with transits to those angles. Yeah, and you know, I feel like the MC gets talked about a lot, whereas the IC doesn't. So maybe just to linger there, the IC is that one angle of your chart related so much to home, but it's connected exactly opposite the MC. So if you don't see it on your chart, not every website shows IC written, but just know it's exactly opposite the MC. And that's why when transits happen, even to the MC, although it's typically related with career transits, um, it can stimulate a move because they're so intimately interconnected. Yeah, like the MC's opposite the IC. So anything, it's kind of like the ACDC, which is like sometimes relationships are started with the ascendant triggered rather than the seventh house descendant. It's kind of the same thing in this case. It's even though the MC is primarily thought of as like a career angle of the chart because it's opposite the IC, it automatically influences the home as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what we're talking about there, if you didn't know. Um, But yeah, when you have transits there, we'll get into the exact ones, but that one's huge to look out for. Yeah. And then also the fourth house. So like if you're, like I said, if your IC happens to be in the third house or the fifth house, and if you're using whole sign, um, then your fourth house won't have the IC in it, but transits to the fourth house still are probably going to bring up moving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the fourth house is most related to home. Um, So you'll notice transits there can bring it up. And also just to note, for example, like Alice, you have your IC in the fourth house. So that might be like doubly as potent when you have transits in the fourth. Yeah. Whereas like I have my IC in the third house. So it kind of extends that theme of home even into the whole of my third house. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then also, if you look to the ruling planet of the IC and the fourth house, um, so like me and my IC and my fourth house are the same sign. So they're in Scorpio. The ruler of Scorpio is Mars. It's located in the 12th house, which isn't necessarily thought of as like a moving home or a moving part of the chart. Um, But because Mars is the ruler of the home and family part of my chart, any transits to Mars will probably have something to do with home family or moving exactly yeah or if you have let's say like um I don't know like a Libra fourth house that would be the ruling planet is Venus so you could look to see where is Venus in your birth chart what house is it in transits to that might pop up themes of moving um 
or if, if you have a Libra fourth house and you have your IC in the fifth house, um, just looking to see the ruling planet then of Scorpio. Yeah, exactly. And then also looking at transits to the moon because the moon is a symbol of the home and family life. So transits to your natal moon, no matter what house it's placed in, are going to bring up themes related to moving as well. Yeah, that one's so, so crucial to look for. Like the moon can represent so many different things, of course, but here we're focusing most on moving. Yes, so those are the key parts of the chart to look at, like when you're seeing where transits are happening um, in relationship to your birth chart. So yes, and also um, these transits don't always mean having a physical move. Sometimes it can also bring in themes of just like having family change go on or like wanting to just redecorate your home, have like more minor changes go on there. So if you really, really do not see a move and you have some of these transits going on, it could manifest like a little differently. Yeah, we wanted to touch on that because it's not always that, oh, a transit to all of these. If you moved every single time there were transits to here, um, obviously that doesn't necessarily have to manifest that way. It can even just mean that you're spending more time with your family when it's more minor planet transits. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get into kind of the influence that each planet has when they transit through these parts of the chart. Yeah. But the more you have activated, like sometimes if you have transits going on to your natal moon, you have eclipses that, you know, trigger this too. I mean, you're going to be moving. (laughs) Like it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. The more of these that you do have activated, the more likely that it would be that you'll move. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So we wanted to look at like bigger moves first. So this is when someone moves to a different city, a different country maybe, or just has like a super significant move like that they haven't experienced before. Like um, in addition to moving cities, it would be like moving in with a significant other for the first time or finally getting rid of roommates and living alone. Like that's a major life step. It's more, it's more so than just like moving to the apartment down the street. So these are the transits that we see with like something a little more significant like that. Yeah. Or even like a huge level up in terms of like where you're living. Um, that has been experienced for me. True. True. Uh, so we want to start with the eclipses. I feel like in all these timing episodes, we just talk about the eclipses, but it just shows like eclipses are so key in timing events with astrology. Yeah. They really, 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 really are. <laughs> yeah. Um, So we wanted to talk about first eclipses happening to any of the previous um, birth chart placements we talked about will trigger a move. So especially an eclipse, not only in the house of your moon or ruling planet of your fourth, but actually on the exact planet or um, angle or whatever we've mentioned. Yeah, it could be helpful to pay attention to like what exact degree an eclipse is falling at because like like we mentioned in past episodes, eclipses will happen in a set of signs over a two-year period. So they'll, for instance, like the eclipses have shifted to Taurus and Scorpio now through all of 2022 and all of 2023. Obviously, if you have like, for instance, a Taurus moon, every time there's a Taurus eclipse, I think there's three of them total that are happening. Obviously, you're not going to move every single time a Taurus eclipse happens, but if you if there's one, like if you have a 15 degree Taurus moon and you see that there's an eclipse happening pretty close to 15 degrees of Taurus or right at that same degree, you can probably bet that that one will be the one that triggers the move for you rather than a Taurus eclipse happening at like 27 degrees of Taurus. 
Yes. And so just to give an example, so I mentioned that I moved last year around this time and there was actually an eclipse in May um, around the time that we moved on my ascendant. And we haven't talked about this one yet, but if there are eclipses in addition to everything we said before of the birth chart placements, if you have an eclipse triggering your first and seventh house as well, um, that can signify a bigger move. Yeah. So like, um, just if you're listening to this, you have a really basic knowledge of astrology, but you know, your rising sign and you hear of an eclipse coming up in the sign of your rising, that would probably mean a more major life chapter starting. And that usually involves a move to somewhere else. Yes, exactly. So for example, I'm a Gemini rising when there is that eclipse in Gemini. I knew that that could be a bigger change for me. And then when I saw it was exactly like three degrees away from my ascendant, that was when I was like, oh, <laughs> that will be bigger for me. Yeah, literally the last time I had a major move when I moved from London to New York back in 2017, that was when the first lunar eclipse in Leo took place. So I haven't had anything super huge since then. So I'm kind of excited to see what happens. Oh my gosh, that's so true. And I also wanted to add there too, I think it's really important when you're thinking about and just continue listening to this episode, don't only think about your birth chart, but who is it, who would have to be involved in a move? Because for example, like when I move, it's not just me moving, it's also my fiance moving. So it's like, helpful to look at okay if there's significant potential for a move in my birth chart with the transit plus his that's kind of when you might expect to move as well I was also going to add yeah going off of that if you're a Scorpio or Taurus rising yes like you can kind of expect to be moving in the next year or two Yeah, you guys have really good luck. And also Taurus and Scorpio moons, just to generally, if you have that and you're like, I want to know if I could have, expect some bigger moves, definitely now through 2023 with the eclipses. And then one more, because I don't want to leave it out, Leo and Aquarius rising too, because that like goes along with the 10th and 4th house eclipses. Okay. Okay, so let's, let's also talk about, so we talked about the eclipses, they can happen in the first and seventh in addition to everything we mentioned earlier, like fourth house, MCIC, that kind of thing. Yes. Okay. And then we get there. Yeah. We're good with eclipses. Um, then we get into Jupiter. So Jupiter is a big one with moving, but like what sets, I guess we want to differentiate between a few of these bigger transits. Jupiter tends to bring about like, um, a happy move where you feel, like more expansive and you feel like you have a lot more space in your new place um, or just freedom in your home. Yeah, it honestly can be that you, when Jupiter is transiting, let's say your fourth house of home, that you are expanding your home. So maybe you're moving from a smaller place into a like actual house or a bigger apartment, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When Jupiter transited my fourth house, I had had right before that transit, Um, I'd had this like horrible roommate and she finally moved out. So even though I wasn't moving, a new roommate came in and she brought all this artwork and completely decorated the entire house so beautifully. Didn't work out with her either. But um, like, even though I wasn't physically moving, there was still something like really happy happening in the home. Like I got a great new roommate at the time and she decorated the entire place exactly how I wanted. Like no arguments over how we wanted it done. Mm, so way just feeling way happier 
is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And yeah. And also we wanted to mention, Alice, you kind of touched on this, but Jupiter can also signify literally moving abroad. So not just moving, maybe a bigger move like across the country, but also it could be that you're picking up and moving to Thailand for a while or something, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like when Jupiter moved over the ruler of my fourth house and my IC line, I moved abroad to college. So really literal like that. So yeah, seeing when Jupiter crosses over MCIC through the fourth house, ruler of the fourth house and the moon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we also <laughs> we also wanted to stress too for this. Um, if you have if you have this transit, so for example, right now Jupiter, depending upon when you're listening to it, when this is out, it's in Pisces, and then it's going to move on to Aries this year. Um, if you have your moon, for example, in either of those signs, you might notice that this is a theme coming up for you. So whether you're moving into a bigger space or feeling better at home, or even just wanting to maybe, I don't know, reconnect with family or improve your relationships there or something, family's just more important, home life, that kind of thing could be coming up for you guys. Yeah, people with, the yeah, like you said, like Pisces or Aries or like Virgo or Libra moons. I see that a lot, like when it's like opposite the moon sign as well. Um, or if you have those signs, it's like your midheaven, I see. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And then so that's for Jupiter. Our next kind of bigger move transit we wanted to touch on is one of my favorite because it's so <laughs> literal. <laughs> um, and that's Uranus transits. Yeah, so Uranus, definitely different from Jupiter, whereas Jupiter can be like very happy. Um, like we mentioned, Uranus is can be a little chaotic and unpredictable. Like this is a transit where it's like you don't expect yourself to be moving and it just happens. Yeah, so when I gave the example of when we randomly moved to Colorado, like so suddenly, um, that was Uranus transiting my partner's moon. So he has a Taurus moon and literally when that happened, we moved like within a month. We were like, we need to move. We went and visited twice in the span of a month, Colorado, and then we found our place and moved in a week later. (laughs) I would say like similar to like both Jupiter and Uranus transits in the home sectors of the chart, like want the person to have more independence in their home life too. So that like with Uranus, it can be like a more abrupt change because you're finally like, I can't have these restrictions on me. I can't live in this tiny apartment anymore or this city that feels claustrophobic. Like I got to get out and it's kind of acting more impulsively. But Jupiter also has that feeling as well. It may just be like less chaotic in how they go about moving. Yeah, like Uranus is so sudden and so chaotic and yeah, just super unpredictable things even coming up throughout the travel of like getting out here and yeah, just super Uranus transit move for sure. Um, yeah, and we lived in a tiny studio apartment and then we were like, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> so when you mentioned claustrophobic, that was like, I don't know, I feel like Uranus just had this lightning bolt of realization for us. Like, how are we living here and working from home? And like, we only had a dining table. So we were like doing Zoom. I couldn't even call it that. It was like this little tiny pop-up table from Ikea. And like, we were eating on that. <laughs> we were like doing work from it. I don't. Podcasting from it. <laughs> like, I don't know horrible. how you guys did that. Like, I would have <laughs> killed my significant other. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was so crazy. So yeah, we definitely realized when we moved here after that Uranus transit, like, okay, we needed to move. How did we not see this? 
And then also because Uranus moves more slowly than a planet like Jupiter. So it spends eight years in a sign in the house of the chart. So if you have like, if your moon is getting activated by Uranus transit, Uranus will probably stay within those couple degrees surrounding your moon for about two years. Um, So yeah, there could be multiple moves happening within a Uranus transit. Yes. And definitely so happy you brought that up because actually, so Uranus had been retrograde and then once it went direct in January, so we moved basically and it was on Nick's moon and then it retrograded back. And then when it went direct in January, that was when we were like, we need to move again, <laughs> like right after that. So yeah. Yeah. So like that, it could either bring up like multiple moves within a one or two year span, or it could be that, um, the first hit of Uranus to your moon or like your icy line, for instance, doesn't bring up a move, but maybe the second one will similar to like how an eclipse, like maybe the first eclipse doesn't trigger a move, but like the second or third will. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up too, Alice, because one of the things that I've really noticed with Uranus, um, the retrogrades, is that the first time it goes over, like you said, you might realize, oh my gosh, we need to move. But then you're like, well, maybe I'll stick it out. Maybe it'll be okay, you know? And then when it happens again, you're like, oh my gosh, how have I not moved already, (laughs) you know? So it can be really helpful if you look at your chart, if you're thinking of moving already, to be like, oh, that's coming back. Like that's not going away, especially with a Uranus transit, which does last about eight years in a sign. Yeah. And I think right now it's at about like 13 or 14 degrees of Taurus. So yeah, if you have like a fixed sign moon around 13, 14 degrees, or that's the same degrees your midheaven or your icy line, like that might be something you're handling this year or going through this year. Yes, totally. So if you're looking at your chart, if basically the moon is like right in the middle of Taurus. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's Uranus. Saturn is the next planet we want to talk about. Um, It's like starkly different from Jupiter Uranus in that sometimes it can cause like a bit of a more stressful move or in the process of moving, you're like definitely differentiating one chapter in your life from the from another. It's like breaking from the past to embark on a new journey. Yeah, it's definitely, for example, I've seen that when clients like need to move because they just feel like they need to set better boundaries with family or they want to kind of separate or leave something kind of in the past. Yeah. And I noticed this a lot with like Saturn transiting through the fourth house and over the IC line specifically. I feel like that's a moment when there is a lot of tension or stress building in the home and you kind of want to like get away from it and like start anew, like especially if you're in your 20s when this happens or maybe like late teens. I feel like this could be a time when you're finally separating from like home and family life to start your own journey. Yeah. And that's why it can also be with Saturn transits. They're just, it makes you take on more responsibility and kind of adult a little bit more. So taking responsibility in terms of maybe living on your own for the first time, maybe feeling a little bit isolated. Um, You know, that can all kind of come up with that transit. Yeah. And then Saturn to the moon as well. Like, yeah, that can be kind of an emotionally heavy transit where you feel isolated but also I see that a lot tied into like okay a lot of efforts going into a move and going somewhere new and I also feel like that isolation thing ties in because in the process of moving somewhere new it's usually natural that you don't have a ton of friends at first and you do feel like you're kind of alone a lot more so it's interesting how those go hand in hand like wanting to move but then feeling isolated because of it. 
Yes, totally. And so, yeah, so with Saturn's definitely to differentiate it, I say from the other two where like Uranus transits, you're like alone, but you're kind of chill with it (laughs) because Mm -hmm, you need mm -hmm. the independence. Jupiter's like, okay, I want to have a happy move. And then Saturn is like, it just puts a lot more stress on you. It tends to be. So if you have one of like a Saturn transit right now, um, that is signaling a move, you might notice that it's not just a happy-go-lucky move, but in the end, the long-term payoff, you might be like, wow, I'm so glad that I let myself go through that move because that helps me um, long-term. Yeah, and with Saturn still in Aquarius for all of 2022, um, it's it's like the fixed sign moons are feeling this, this the most. So Leo, Aquarius, Taurus, and Scorpio, like you guys are probably went through a move either last year or that's happening this year, especially coupled with the Taurus Scorpio eclipses. So it's like fixed sign chart placements of all the like sectors of the chart we just talked about having to do with like home and moving. If those are in Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, wait, no, if those are in (laughs) Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, or Aquarius for you, then yes, a move is probably in the cards for you. Either, either it happened last year or it's happening this year. Yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, for me, it's just insane because what you're saying, like I have sun or sorry, I have tons of basically planets in Taurus Scorpio and then my ICMC are in the other two fixed signs. So it's just, yeah, moving is just such a theme that I can't escape from. (laughs) Me neither. Like I totally forgot like in how I was talking about how I want to move to a different state. I forgot that I'm actually moving apartments in May after that yeah, tour. After we the, didn't even mention that. <laughs> yeah, the Scorpio lunar eclipse on May 15th. And then like a month later, I'm moving in with my boyfriend. So that's a move, but... That's for sure a move. The first time you're moving in with somebody. Yeah, but I need more. And that's what the further... <laughs> that's what like the eclipse is continually being in Taurus and Scorpio for the next year after that will help with. Yeah, and this is why I love the eclipses in, like, as we mentioned at the start, like in your moon sign or in your ICMC, fourth house, tenth house, all those things we mentioned, because you might notice throughout, all the way leading up through those eclipses that end at the end of 2023, you're just like kind of leveling up a little bit. Like, first you have this smaller move, but it means a lot for your relationship, and then even moving across the country maybe later. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They like build upon each other. Yeah. Totally. Yes. <laughs> More concise way of putting that. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so that's Saturn. Um, we also just wanted to stress too, though, especially like if you have your moon in a fixed sign, that can also bring up a lot of stress in family. So um, it could be that you're not moving, but it feels like you're doing a lot of healing work right now, or especially if your moon is, I would say, in Aquarius, for example. Yes, exactly. So all of these bigger transits we just talked about, the eclipses, Jupiter, Uranus, and Saturn, they spend a year or two in a sign in a house of your chart. Well, Uranus way longer, but over a certain degree or so. Um, It spends a year or two. But if you're trying to time a move more down to like the exact month or even the exact week, that's when you combine the season like when the sun meets up with these planets in a particular part of your chart or mars or like a new moon or a full moon happening in those houses so like if you are what's the sign if you're sagittarius rising and jupiter is in pisces right now it's currently in your fourth house transiting there and so that's like a four or five month transit at the start of 2022 if you're trying to time that down to like okay what exact month am i going to move 
in between January and May of 2022, um, you would kind of see like, okay, when is it Pisces season? When is that new moon in Pisces? Cause that might trigger that longer Jupiter transit or when do, when does Mars get to Pisces? So combining those shorter transits with those bigger ones. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I just want to put out there for you guys, like genuinely, if you are I mean, it's so it's so tricky to explain this over a podcast without images and stuff. So if you are like a little wanting to really learn more about the exact timing of transits and everything we're talking about, we do have that course applying transits. It is amazing. We even have a whole section talking about what Alice got into, like the timing of longer transits with shorter moving transits. Yeah, it's just so complicated to talk about on a podcast without having like a video to back it up. So if this is something you're interested in learning, definitely take that course because it explains everything like very straightforward. Um, But we still wanted to share some info with you guys. Hopefully it doesn't come off as too confusing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And I think I think those are really important. We just wanted to especially focus on like the big moves with those planets mentioned um, and eclipses because those will really just jump out at you in a chart. There are shorter ones like Alice mentioned, new moons or full moons triggering those birth chart placements for, for moves um, and other ones we could get into, but just really highlighting um, the bigger moves. And if you wanted a smaller move, like changing apartments, moving across town, that kind of thing, um, it might show up in different ways. Yeah. Like if you, for instance, just had like a new roommate move in or you moved to a different section of your neighborhood, nothing like super huge. I would look at like, when are, when are the full moons or when it, when is the full moon or the new moon in that year falling in like the fourth house of your chart or near your natal moon or the ruler of the fourth or the icy. Yeah. And those can be more like, just to give another example, if you had, those are more productive times. Like maybe you're feeling really good about the roommate. It depends on a lot of other aspects and stuff in the chart but like a mars transit to the fourth can be super tricky for example so it's it's kind of you have to know the exact meaning of the planet um to kind of see how you'll feel about it too yeah i'm glad you brought up mars because like mars when it transits like the moon is also one i see a lot with like taking action in the home wanting to do something wanting to go somewhere and move somewhere um or mars through the fourth house i see that a lot but yeah again that might be like a more minor happening in the home like for instance i had mars in the fourth house a few months ago back in november and i didn't move but there was like stuff i had to pay attention to around the home like my lights went out and i had to replace them stuff like that oh yeah i forgot <laughs> about that it was like so frustrating for you yeah so it could just be something like renovations redecoration as well if it's a more yeah. minor thing Totally. Yeah. So I think like the big takeaway there that we wanted to stress is like if you notice that you are having some transit to your fourth house, for example, it doesn't necessarily signify like some big move. Um, And that's why we wanted to kind of do this episode to kind of tease out for you which ones to really zoom in on. One we haven't mentioned a lot, but we were talking about before we started recording was like a 12th house transit as Like I had never really thought of that as um, a moving transit, but I have seen it come up recently, like with you and with like a couple of clients I was doing readings for. And I feel like that's a lot about like how when the sun goes through the 12th house or Mars goes through the 12th house, it's a lot of like letting go of one chapter. And then as it 
approaches the rising sign in the ascendant, it's like new chapter, like new start, like more energy. Um, so sometimes there's like a closing out of leaving somewhere behind to go somewhere else. Yeah. And also just because 12th house transits tend to bring up a lot of yeah, just feeling also more isolated, a bit kind of like a Saturn transit in that sense. So you might notice that um, during transits to your 12th house, you're also moving, um, especially abroad a lot. Alice and I have that in common where we had, a, I had an eclipse there. I don't remember what yours was. Was yours an eclipse I had too? an eclipse in, there was an eclipse in Cancer um, in my 12th house the first time I, like when I moved to Italy for high school, that was huge move. Um but not, oh, Jupiter was in my 12th house. Yeah. When I went to yeah. our college in Switzerland. Yeah. So 12th yes. house, definitely. That's an abroad transit, honestly, because it's like, I always associate ninth house with foreign travel, but 12th house is also like far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you, if you're noticing that, that was just one that we were talking about. So it might interest you, but also Alice and I both have the rulers of our IC in the 12th. So yes. we're always like, should we include that? Cause, but we do see it in clients. So I feel like it's fair to put. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That was like all the transits. That's all I had to say about them. Did you have anything else to add? No. Yeah, that was it. But we hope this was helpful for you guys. We've been wanting to do it for a while, but it is a more complex topic. <laughs> um, so again, so again, if you are interested in learning more, um, we do have the Mastering Your Birth Charts course and also Applying Transits um, if you want to dig into transits even more. Yes. And once again, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week.